0: I'm Cynthia Connor Goyang, author of Just One Touch. This is a call to action. Let's journey together hand in hand, body of Christ. Inundate it with love for our Lord, with kind brotherly love for one another, anoint it with love for those whom Christ came to save, to harvest ready fields to complete God's good and perfect will for such a time as this. If you tuned in last week. You'll recall that I shared a bit about my life. I mentioned that the Lord will give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He most certainly did this same thing for our family. But I wanted to further that this week. I wanted to speak a little bit more concerning my father. Yes, as I mentioned, he was a very, very abusive father. But what the devil meant for our destruction, God turned around for our good. Daddy used to always march through the house. And as I mentioned before, he would rant and rave. One of the things that was his rants was a constant, constant rat on the fact that we didn't read, that we didn't study, things of that nature. And because of that, I believe we became a very studying, reading group of children. And we became children that would sit and we would read everything before us we would read the encyclopedia we would read medical dictionaries and we would read all the best seller lists that were available to us at that in that day and age we became avid readers and because of this god brought beauty from ashes we are a story we are a victorious people out of those ashes beauty emerged We have a doctor and a nurse and operating room assistants and writers. The thing that I'm most proud of is that we are all Christians, praying, committed Christians. Yes, we can be the subject of a movie. There have been so many things that have occurred with us that are so dramatic and so amazing that you will be amazed at any of us are still standing. Yet, God took the ashes and out of those ashes, he has created beauty. Did I forgive daddy? Did I forgive him for all the things that he has done? Yes, I have. And I can even look back on some of the things that daddy did. And I can still see his humanity. There was one time when I was a little girl, maybe of about five, five or six, and I can remember that horrible house we lived in as I had spoken with you guys about last week. We later moved on, but that house was horrible. And in that house, we had roaches and we had mice. The mice had become so accustomed to us that they were totally, that they were not afraid of us anymore. And I can remember as a five, six-year-old child getting ready to climb into my bed. And as I did and turned the light out in the dark, I can remember a mouse running over my little five-year-old feet. I was horrified. I was aghast. I ran out of the room. And I can remember screaming at the top of my lungs. And as I ran down this long hallway upstairs, I remember Daddy coming from the opposite direction. And I thought he was going to scream at me or fuss at me about what I was yelling and crying about. But to my surprise, he lifted me up in his arms and he carried me back to my room. And without a word, he sat down with me in a chair next to my bed, and he just rocked me and rocked me. I remember waking up the next day at peace. So I knew that there was somehow a person somewhere in there. Whenever we moved to the new house, it wasn't too much longer than that that Daddy got sick. Even though he was relatively a young man, of 51, maybe 52, he had a devastating stroke, a life-changing stroke in the ranting, raving, angry individual that he used to be changed. He became this person, even though he used to be a person who took care of himself. He smelled of cologne, big chest, which he was very proud to stick out and show off. After the stroke, he became this person who did not take care of his bodily needs. His beard grew, his gray beard grew, and my mother would have to finally bathe him. And he walked about the house and instead of ranting and raving, he became this person who weeped and constantly apologized, constantly apologized for his behavior. I must admit it was hard for all of us to take because we had experienced years and years and years of constant abuse and cursing and shouting and hitting. So it it was difficult for us to make that transition into this new person that he had become. When daddy was about 60, I believe he was 60, he had another event, I believe another stroke, and he went into the hospital for several days. It was the dead of winter, and I remember one day the doorbell rang, and to everyone's surprise, it was Daddy. He had literally walked from Colorado General Hospital to back to our house, which was quite a long walk, and to our Shocked surprise! He had a hospital gown and the paper slippers on, and he had walked from Colorado General back to our house. And he was determined, with the last bit of strength that he had, he spoke to Mama, and Mama said to us afterward that he had determinately walked that long way because he wanted to share with Mama something. So he said to Mama, me and Jesus, we had a talk. And Mama replied to him. This was her recounting back to us what he said. Mama replied to him, well, what did Jesus say to you? And he said to my mother, to my mama, that is between me and Jesus. And a couple of days after that, Daddy died. And so I'd like to believe that Daddy, in all of his wickedness, In all the things that he caused, my family, in all the pain and misery and stress and upheaval that he caused, I'd like to say that he is with the Father in heaven. Have I forgiven, Daddy? Yes, 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 yes. How can I not? How can I not? I think about the Lord when he died on the cross and that my sins were upon him that my sins were upon him. How can I not forgive? Of course, of course. And as I stood by Daddy's grave, I remembered myself as that little girl and him sitting there, wordlessly rocking me. My mama, my mother, told me later on that Daddy had been a soldier, a black soldier in World War II. He'd gone in with a certain mindset and came back not the same person. So I believe that the Lord sees everything. He sees all things that are in our hearts. He sees all things that are in our minds. He sees the beginning from the end, and he sees the end from the beginning. And so who are we to judge? I put that all in Christ's lovely, capable hands and trust him to care for us all in to bring justice, but more to bring love and caring for each of us. Yes indeed, he did bring beauty for ashes, and as I mentioned, we have become this victorious family. We have withstood so many, many things, and have come out the other end victorious, yes. He brings beauty from ashes and he calls you, he calls you almighty people of valor. He says, I am calling you For such a time as this, you've been redeemed, a beauty drawn up from the ashes. And he says, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who announce peace. God is calling to you to announce, to preach the good news of his kingdom. Preach? You might be rolling your eyes at me at this point, saying, me? Preach? Well, let's look at the definition of the word preach. It is this, to earnestly advocate our belief. And our belief states in John 3, 16 and 17, which is very familiar to us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So what does this preaching entail? It entails simply this. Preaching entails sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that Jesus Christ has come into this world and has saved this world. You're like, does that mean I need to be up on a stage? Well. It might, but God has given each of us gifts. In his name, he has given each of us gifts. Gifts of writing and speaking, teaching, helping, caring for people's children, caring for people's elderly, caring for those who need food. This time, we recognize that people need food to eat, that people need jobs. He has given us each of us, so many gifts. So let us, in this time, in this pivotal time, go forward and do the things which God has gifted us to do. Some of you are probably saying, I don't have what it takes to be used of God. But the Bible says, Second Peter 1.3 says, that His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So he's given us all that we need. Let us recognize that the immense power that God has given all Christians is to be used in going forward in him. So by all means, brothers and sisters, use the special gifts that God has placed within you to go forward and to do great exploits. Spend time talking with the Lord. I'm talking about quality time. Quiet your soul and listen and seek after the Lord. Stay in the Word, stay in the Word, and just His Word daily as your necessary food. What you hear in the Spirit should always line up with the Bible. Seek the Lord's face and walk intimately with Him by faith. Then as you discern His voice, step out. This faith pleases God. Don't be afraid. He'll make a way for you. Don't run ahead of Him, but neither lag behind. Now, don't go doing some ridiculous craziness and say, God told me to do it. No, God will never, ever tell you to do something contrary to His Word. Stay in the Word and in prayer. Familiarize yourself with what His Word says. He will guide you accordingly. Just as he did, Joshua and the children of Israel. Before Joshua and the children of Israel could get to the promised land, they had to cross over the river Jordan. Let's read about it here in Joshua 3:12 through 17. Joshua 3:12 and 17 says, "Now then, choose twelve men from the tribe of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord." The Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing; it piled up in a heap at a great distance away, at a town called Adam, in the vicinity of Zarethath. While the water flowed down to the Sea of Araba, that is, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest. Who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Like the children of Israel, put your feet into the water. By faith, step out and do what the Lord is requiring you to do. God will meet in heap where you set your feet. Don't say, I'm waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you. With his loving, guiding hand, he's waiting on you. Step out in faith, almighty people of valor, O body of Christ, for the Lord is with you and will help you to arrive at his planned purpose for your life, for his glory. God will meet in heap where you set your feet for such a time as this. Amen. Lord, we are in the midst of a most pivotal time, possibly the most pivotal time of human history. I pray, we pray that we can go forward and that we can be used of you to do your good and perfect will, that we can walk hand in hand with you to bring about your good and perfect purpose, Lord God. Be with each of us, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, we ourselves have varying problems. Some of us may be out of a job. Some of our children are out of school, Lord God. We may not have enough in our refrigerators. Oh Lord, we just pray that you will reach down your mighty hand and you will touch us. And not only touch us, but use us to touch other people's lives, Lord God to be a blessing to others and to be a blessing to you as well, Lord God. Let us depend on you. Let the body of Christ rise up for such a time as this. You will return for your body. You want us in this time, in this most pivotal time, to rise up and do your good and perfect will. So open our eyes, Lord God, so that we can go forward in power and do your bidding in your holiness in in your anointing. And we thank you, Father God, for that now. Give us vision. Give us anointing. And we thank you, Lord God, that you have indeed created within us all the things that pertain to life and godliness. So we take a step out in faith and we go forward, each of us, and we do your good and perfect will for such a time as this. We thank you, Lord God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Join me next Friday, brothers and sisters, for such a time as this.